This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And uh, I don't know how many of you parents are suffering today. And I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about. The time change. The time change. And so are your little ones losing it and therefore you are like just exhausted and at wit's end and trying to deal because I'm sure many of you guys are. And so I had to bring on my good friend Alana McGinn, founder of Goodnight Sleep Site and host of This Girl Loves Sleep podcast. Alana, it is that fun time. <laughs> Hello, Pina. I know we're all feeling it today, right? Oh my gosh. I don't know what it is. It's an hour. I know. What? Like, why is this an issue? It's an hour. You know why it's an issue? So this one is the hard, I would say this one's the hard one, right? The fall we gain, the spring we lose. Um, But it is so hard because we are already going into this time change extremely sleep deprived. We are an extremely sleep deprived society for a lot of reasons that I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, So when we lose that one hour, it hits us really hard. It really does. All ages, kids, adults, teens, teens, all of us. I know it's like, but you think about it an hour. You're like, how much could an hour really do? Like an hour for me is a commute into the city in traffic. Yeah. You know, it's so, just an hour. It's just an hour. But everyone- think of it like a debt, right? Like a sleep debt. A sleep debt's like a bank debt. So an hour, think of an hour as like $100, right? So if you already have an accumulated bank debt, of $100. We already have a sleep loss of an hour, we'll say. Um, We're adding another $100 to that bank debt. We're adding another, you know, hour to that existing sleep debt. So it hits us hard, which is why we really need to be focusing on healthy sleep, stress management, healthy sleep every day of the year. So that when we go through things like time changes or traveling and jet lag and things like that, it doesn't hit us as hard as, you know, we're feeling it today. You know what? It's uh, I, I think I know why. And do you know why I probably don't? I don't feel sleep loss that much. I think I know, but I need you to say it. And I'm going to get in so much trouble with you because how many years have you known me? You're like, Pina, you need to improve your sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, sleep? What is sleep, Alana? <laughs> I don't sleep. Maybe that is why. So I don't have anything in my sleep bank. To be you need a little bit of sleep bank. And this is what happens. So listen, we all like we I shouldn't say we all because I don't but you do. You know, we tend to wear that sleep deprivation as a badge of honor. We're like proud of how little sleep <laughs> we get. And what happens is that the it's I think of it like alcohol, right? The more you drink your tolerance for alcohol increases. So you need more and more alcohol to to get anything right. Yeah. Um, the less we sleep, our body begins to feel okay on that amount of sleep. So you're saying like, I don't have a sleep that you have a huge sleep that and because you have that huge sleep that your body isn't really feeling the, um, the struggles of that lost sleep, but what's going inside is probably telling you a different story. So, you know, our judgment for the kind of sleep that we need changes the less sleep we get, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So in other words, you need to sleep more. I do. Okay. Okay. You know what? Can, should we start with how much sleep we should be getting? Yeah. Okay. Like let's let's start with the parents. Because if we are not in a good place 
us parents, we can't be good parents to our kids. So we need to take care of ourselves first. Like they say on the plane, you know, oxygen masks on your parents, on the parents first, on the adults first, and then the little ones. So let's start Absolutely. with us. With so like four four hours is not no <laughs> I know I know so listen we hear the we hear the seven to eight hours that gets thrown around a lot right you read it you hear it we all have our own personal sleep needs we all have our own basal sleep needs so you know I, I don't want to just use like a blanket seven to eight you need a seven to eight hours because some people can't thrive and function fine on six some people need to thrive and function fine on nine or ten. So the seven to eight is a good like mid range, but I would say anywhere between six to nine hours of sleep per night. If you are someone six to nine. Oh, okay. Six to nine. So it's I'm a good two range. hours off. You're two hours. I don't know how you function every night on four hours of sleep. I really don't. Um, if you are someone, Fina, who thinks they can function fine on like four or five, like I was saying, you might feel like you can because you've been doing it for so long, but likely what's going on inside is telling you a different story. So it's very few people who can really thrive and function great on four or five. And you're probably not one of those people. I'm just going to say. <laughs> I just have a big smile on my face and I laugh but I can go kickboxing on this time and everything maybe you are one of those people it could be it could be the case okay okay so six to eight hours so now yeah. let's work our way down okay so let's yeah let's look at those parents that have like college and university students who you know are up all night studying working on assignments and Hitting those pub nights. <laughs> yes. So our tweens, our teens, our early adolescents, we're looking at still a lot. Like you're still looking at nine to 10. So not as much um, or not as little as we do as adults. They need a little bit more. So you're still looking at nine to 10. There's a lot that goes on in the tween and teen um, biological sleep needs. You know, things shift. Bedtimes get later. Uh, morning times tend to get earlier just because of life. And, you know, they got to get up for school and they got to get up for work and extracurricular activities and things like that. Um, yeah. So you're looking about, uh, I would say nine to 10 hours for that age range. Nine to 10. So this is like, cause you said anywhere from tweens, teens, like a little bit older. So this is like a big group. Yeah, it normally starts, the so the shift typically happens around puberty, but it could happen as early as eight, eight, nine years of age is when that shift kind of happens. Um, when I say early, you know, when you're getting up to like 18 plus, 18 years plus, then you're looking more at that like seven to eight And they go into the adult. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so right now, Alana, this is where we are with our kids then. Our kids, your kids, yeah. my kids, because Samantha yeah. is you know, going to be 12 soon. Lily's going to be 10 soon. Marcus will be, he's seven, he's turning eight in the fall. Um, yeah. So they fall between this, uh, sorry, was it eight to 10? Eight to 10 years of age is when that shift kind of happens. So typically what mm -hmm. happens is there's a shift in there in when the melatonin is released. So as they enter puberty, uh, that melatonin is released later at night. This is why, you know, parents struggle so much with like my tween and teen is going to bed so late. How do I get them to go to bed early? Well, biologically speaking, they might not be able to, right? So I'm in that boat right now. I have a 15-year-old and I have two 12-year-olds. So I see that shift and I've, I've been seeing it for a few years now. Um, so we really just support a great bedtime. Um, we support sleep-ins when we can. Um, because they don't get sleep-ins very often, right? Because of school and things. And then high school starts like at the crack of dawn. It's, it's crazy. 
Oh my God. Okay. You know what? And I'm glad you said that sometimes these kids just can't sleep Yeah. and there's a reason for it because I've been struggling with that. And I want to talk about that before we hit the little ones in their sleep times. So don't go anywhere because we will be back with more right here on the parenting show. You are listening to us on 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. This is The Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto, and I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. We're talking all things sleep with Alana McGinn of Goodnight Sleep Site and This Girl Loves Sleep podcast. Um, the time changed. I don't know if you noticed, but we sprung forward, which Alana, Pina fact for you. It actually is. I know we lose sleep, but to me, what is sleep when I don't have any sleep stored in my sleep bank that we were talking about earlier? But I love it because that means more daylight. And that's why I love this spring forward. So I actually really like this one too. I mean, I feel it like even I feel it. So I'm probably going in with some, some sleep debt too. I am human, um, but I love it. Like I love when our evenings are brighter. I love right? when our mornings are lighter. Like it, and it just like, I'm Yeah. Yeah, we've had so much snow and I'm just over it all and I just want sun. So, yeah. Because that makes me happy. And for those of you that are like me that suffer from seasonal affective disorder, this is just like, yes, bring it on. Blue sky, sunshine. Did you know, though, fun fact, not a fun fact, but fact (laughs) that a tenth of people who suffer from seasonal affective disorder actually have reversal and suffer it from in the summertime in the summer and spring because of like excessive heat and inconsistent routines, going to bed later because it's lighter out, financial things. So you can actually have um, reversal seasonal affective disorders, reversal sad uh, in the summer and spring. Oh my, oh, my heart goes out to those people. I know, I know. That's where I thrive (laughs) and I'm living my best life. (laughs) (laughs) but Alana before the break we were talking about like sleep and how much sleep um the different age groups are required to get so to recap adults you said about six Six to to nine hours six to nine six six to nine nine? okay Yeah. yeah and then the second group anywhere going from like tweens teens into like you know full on yeah you're looking at nine to ten nine to ten hours okay and before we get into the little ones I got to say something though, to get those, you know, nine to 10 hours, I'm struggling right now with my daughter, Samantha, who's 11, who will be 12 in a few months because I will, she's cranky if she does not get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, I'm one of those mothers who puts them all to bed at the same time, even though one is like 12 and the youngest is like, well, 11 and seven, right? And that's around eight o'clock. And she's like, mama, I can't sleep. You know, like I can't sleep. And I'm like, Samantha, we know that you need your sleep because if you don't, you're going to wake up one cranky yeah. biatch. Okay. And I'm just not prepared to deal with that. I'm like, so just close your eyes. That's what I tell her. I'm like, just close your eyes, close your eyes and lay there. <laughs> and she's like, but I can't. And it's like, Like I feel for her, but I seriously, Alana, I do not know what to do. And you had made mention that, you know, this does happen and it's, they can't help it. It's just something normal that happens at this age. 
Yeah, I mean, it's so, and I'll I'll give you some tips for Samantha specifically. But yeah, we do see that this age she is around that puberty age. I have a daughter the same exact same age, um, and so this is when we see that shift. So what happens is melatonin is our natural sleep uh, sleep hormone. When they enter that puberty stage, that that there's a shift in the timing of when that hormone is released. That hormone doesn't make us instantly sleepy, but it helps cue our, our sleep drive. It helps cue our natural circadian rhythm. So it helps prepare our body and mind to sleep. So it shifts later at night. So what an early bedtime that might have worked for them at a younger age, like more Marcus's age, doesn't necessarily work for them now. And this is why, you know, a lot of parents are, you know, there's some organizations that are fighting. Um, high school times because they start so early. And when we have that biological shift, our kids are going to bed later and later because of that, but then also because of after school jobs and extracurricular activities and the amount of homework and things they have to do from school. And then they have to get up so early to go to school. So parents will argue and say, well, that's the working world. You have to get up that time to go to work anyways. Yes, but once you're an adult, that shift happens again where that melatonin is released earlier in the evening so they can go to bed earlier. So we have that like age range where kids are really struggling. You know, it's funny, the pandemic, during uh, the pandemic, that age group thrived. Now, there was that age group that suffered a lot mental health, just being, you know, not being having that social environment, but there was a large part of that group that really thrived off of the new routine and schedule. Cause now they're home. They can sleep in a little bit more to just turn on their computer. They don't have to catch a bus or anything. So sleep health wise for that age group specifically more than any other age group really thrived. So that tells us that something needs to be changed. So yeah, Yes, we see a shift with that age group 100%. Um, with Samantha, you're also, I hate to tell you, Pina, because like I, you know, I have a 15 year old and two 12 year olds. You're entering that age where your kids are going to start going to bed later than you. Like it's going to happen. And it's, it's an adjustment. Like this, I'm, I'm coming from a parent, but I'm also coming from a sleep expert and coach. As you know, I push an early bedtime with my, especially with my younger clients, uh, my younger babies and kids. Um, so it's hard to, my kids have always gone to bed really early, but as they get older, they can't do that early, but like, she might need a bit of a later bedtime, right? Even if you don't want it to be later and I get it. Um, there's times where I'm like dragging my butt upstairs and my kids are like still moving about the building. And I'm like, guys, I'm going to bed. Like you're good. You know, it's just, you're, you're entering oh. that stage. It's an I don't adjustment. Know if I can do that. That's an scary for me. So, Okay. Your um, 12 year old twins. Yeah. What time is their bedtime? They're going to bed anywhere. I would say anywhere. It depends. Anywhere between 930 and 1030. So the reason why I have that range is because I, I, I see what they are like. If I'm seeing that, okay, they need they need that 930 bedtime. They're going to bed at 930, but maybe they'll read in their bed till 10. I'm saying that they're doing pretty good. They've been sleeping pretty well and they want to push it out to 1030. I'm cool with that. Um. But yeah. And then they wake up at what time? They wake up. So their elementary school starts a bit later. So they can, they could sleep until eight. I mean, they typically wake up anywhere between seven and eight, but they could sleep till eight because they don't really have to leave for the bus till nine. Okay. So they're getting, but then my daughter, my eldest, she's catching her bus. She has to leave the house at a quarter to eight. Yeah. That's crazy. Like that's crazy. That's before any of us have to Uh, leave the house. So so just to give you. What do we do with the kids that that are struggling and they can't fall asleep? Do we just push their bedtime a little bit later? 
no, no, I mean, that's not always, I mean, with Samantha, I would recommend maybe pushing it out to nine at least and seeing how she Mm -hmm. does with that. But then we also want to teach them the proper tools. So here's a couple things we want to teach them. One is, you know, she might, the thought of, oh my, she's going to start dreading bedtime. If she dreads bedtime, cause she's thinking, oh my God, I'm going to go to bed and I know I can't sleep. And that just heightens any stress or anxiety they're already feeling. So our kids need to understand the importance of sleep, the importance of a great bedtime routine and bedtime, but they also need to understand that it's okay if you have a bad night of sleep. You know, sometimes we think, you know, being in the sleep field that I'm in, it's like, we don't want people to hyper-focus on a bad night of sleep and all- automatically think they have a sleep issue. Like I have insomnia. Yeah. So you have a bad night of sleep or a couple bad nights of sleep. It's okay to have a bad night of sleep. Embrace it and tackle it the next night. You know, so it's okay if she has a bad night of sleep. It's okay if she's struggling with sleep. So what are tools that she can do in the, in her bed, in the bedroom to maybe help her sleep better? Maybe she needs to read a little bit, you know, before she goes to bed. I don't know if she does that now, but instead of just in bed lights out, you know, you can go into bed, turn on your bedtime table or bedside, you know, your night table lamp. And if you want to read a little bit, that's okay. Um, There's a lot of great, like, while tech can be detrimental, there's a lot of great tech that can help too, like podcasts and audiobooks for little ones and um, meditation apps and things like that, that might help her teaching her how to do maybe some visual imagery can really help, you know, okay, if you can't sleep in your, you know, instead of just like closing your eyes and going to bed, like close your eyes. And, you <laughs> the know, peanut parenting method. The peanut parenting. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Listen, we all do that. Cause listen, like those evening hours are gold. Close your parents. eyes and so like, go to bed. Um, but you know, what are, what's some visual imagery that you can do, you know, choose, um, choose a place that you love and, and go through it in your mind. So maybe it's a room in her house. Maybe it's, um, you know, dance, you know, if you're working on your routine, nothing that's going to stress her out, but you know, um, something she loves doing, like imagine it in your mind, you know, like go through some visual imagery type things. So there's different tools that you can teach our, especially that age group that's really struggling. If there's something going on in her world, that's maybe amplifying her stress and anxiety a bit. What are some meditative, some mindful breathing? I'm a huge proponent of breath work, um, that we can even teach our little ones too. Oh, those are some great tips. Okay. So we're going to try that. We're going to try that. And I know that the girls, like for, for anyone listening at home, my girls share a room. So it's hard to have the the light on, but I, the meditation apps, you know, with, with some pods in and maybe that's some good stuff or the little like light that clips onto the book. So it's not, that's what my girls have because they share a room as well. So it's 15 and 12 and they normally go up together and they, they normally actually, I will say the 12 year old keeps the 15 year old going to sleep a little bit earlier because she normally turns off her light when the 12 year old does. So it works out. Okay. Yeah. So now let's bring it down where I find, I don't know if, if this is a fact or not, but when it comes to the time change, is this next group that we're going to talk about the younger ones the most difficult to adjust? Yes and no. I mean, we all have a hard time adjusting, but they're the more more difficult to control. <laughs> um, yeah, when we get into like the toddlers and the elementaryers, um, it's a lot harder, especially if you have ones that are already struggling with sleep that are already pushing the boundaries and the limits a yeah. little bit. We tend to see that more at this age, right? They're kind of gaining their footing and seeing what they can get away with. Um, time changes like this affect them a lot. So this is why I say, you know, the best thing you can do, um, is, is really, you know, establish great sleep habits and great sleep routines for all ages. So that when they're going through things like time changes, travel, teething, illness, sleep loss doesn't affect them as much. But when you're going into these things with an already sleep deprived child, with an already child that is kind of pushing those boundaries and limits already, um, 
it can be hard. You know, it can yeah. be hard, but not impossible. You know, steps can so be taken. So what do we do? Like, because, you know, I know that there's a lot of things that we could have, or actually, am I jumping the gun here? Do we still have one more group to talk about? The little, little ones? Well, the babies. We can talk about the babies. But I, yeah, no, I mean, we go like babies, toddlers, elementary, I kind of group together. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. I'm not jumping the yeah. gun. So, okay. No. Yeah. So now the time change, it happened. It happened overnight. So we are, <laughs> we are, we are having a fantastic Sunday. And I know everyone's like, Pina, I cannot wait to hit the sack, the sack tonight. Um, but with that said, you know what I mean? There's like a bunch of things that we could have done leading in to this time change to prep, right? Yeah. Um, but it is here now. And a lot of people maybe didn't do anything. Is it too late to try and implement some kind of routine or some tactics or or thing to help? It's not. I mean, listen, what I what I always tell parents for parents, for adults, for kids is this is the week where you have to give yourself a little bit of grace. I mean, we can talk about, you know, their routines and things like that. But it's, it's I think it's really important just to make sure that you're not over scheduling this week, especially this first week from the time change, like really aim for those earlier bedtimes, really focus on those naps for little ones, um, really kind of keep things low. Um, because it can be really, it can be tough to get back into, it, it, it can be tough for us to adjust, even for us, you know, for adults, it's just like, give yourself a little bit of grace this week. Um, as your body naturally adjusts to the new time for sure. Okay. I like that guys. We need to take some time just to breathe, adjust, take it easy. And I know Alana, you've got some tips up your sleeve. So we're going to take a break. And we'll be right back with more. This is The Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night, and this is the Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca, and we've got my good friend, Alana again from Goodnight Sleep Site, owner, founder, and host of This Girl Loves Sleep podcast. And uh, the time change has happened. And I'm happy. I'm happy because it means more sunlight. But I know a lot of us parents are like, no, these kids, <laughs> I cannot cope. Or you can't maybe can't cope as an as the parent as the adult, because that one hour is just like, you know, really screwed you up. So Alana, we've been going through how much sleep we should have the different age groups. And and you made mention at the end of the last segment that it's not too late if you haven't, you know, um, tried to get into some routine to prepare for the time change. Although it hit, it is not too late to do things to help you get through it and adjust to it. So absolutely. What do we Bedtime do? Bedtime routine is super important. Um, 
you know, whenever we're, we, we always want to help cue our bodies to sleep better. Um, so bedtime routine is really important when we're talking about like our little ones, our babies, our toddlers. Sure. There's a lot of things that we can do to lead up to the time change, but it's happened. So now what do we do? So the best thing we want to do is really set up a great um, environment and set up a great bedtime routine with them. This is why I partner with uh, Johnson's baby because um, they have an amazing three-step bedtime routine that was um, within that routine, you know, the formulations that they have for their bubble bath and their bath and their lotions. Um, it's a trusted brand. I've used Johnson's since I you know, know, when my kids were we, little, right? We grew up on it, used it on our kids. I know you're gonna you're gonna throw in the lavender. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. that was a big hit with us. They were they're tested by experts. So in their three step bedtime routine, they have an amazing routine in place. So the first step is a bath, right? So this is where yeah. you're using Johnson's bedtime bath, Johnson's bedtime bubble bath, you're going to create a nice warm bath for your little one, baby toddler, um, and then a massage. I mean, I would like a massage at bedtime, please. Can I um, hold on, so sign gonna, me up? <laughs> up so they have their their bath or their um the johnson's bedtime lotion with natural calm aroma so this is going to help soothe um and relax baby and then you're going to incorporate for the third step quiet time which we can all incorporate in our bedtime routine so whether that be stories songs um you know whatever you're going to be doing to get baby nice and relaxed um for a great bedtime so bedtime routine is super important but you know, we create all these amazing bedtime routines for our babies and our little ones. We also have to create them for ourselves, right? Like it's hard well, to go from a hundred to zero. You're saying all these things to do for the baby. And I'm like, them. I'm like, I want to take all those steps and do them for myself. And I'm turning 43. I know. I know. And we, we often like, we, I was like getting like mellowed into out. Into it. Yes. I am ready for bed. Yeah. Bedtime routine is so important for us. And, you know, it's we don't want to ever like labor through bedtime routine. So you want to choose activities that you actually enjoy doing. Sometimes yeah. we include bedtime activities into our routines that we just feel we should because we've heard they work, right? Like, it, you know, as an adult, I don't take baths. I'm not a, ba a bather. So yeah. my kids do, but I don't. So I'm not going to take a bath. Baths can help and work, but you know, you don't want to take, if you're not a bather, don't take a bath at bedtime because then you're just going to be miserable for bedtime, right? So um, choose an activity that you actually enjoy doing that actually is going to put you into a relaxing and calming state um, for your bedtime routine. I thought of a real great one for the parents out there, the older ones. <laughs> Oh, I know everyone at home listening is picking up what I am dropping, but it does work wonders. Let me tell you in relaxing and getting a good night's sleep, whatever you can include that will help. Um, it works and we need to do it. And now is the time to do it. So now is the time when we're having that shift in time change. Now is the time to incorporate those, those activities. Yes. Activities, everyone. Air quotes. <laughs> you know, you never know what you're going to get on the parenting show here with me. That's all I'm going to say. And that's, that's why right. it's always a good time. Am I right, Alana? That's right. That's right. So, okay. What else? Is there anything else? Like, I know that electronics and devices are a big no-no. We don't want those blue screens in our face right before bedtime. Okay, so my stance on that has changed a little bit. Here's oh, the thing. If, how. if you are really struggling with sleep and you know you need to make some really serious changes, 
here's the thing tech all of that stuff probably the biggest sleep busters 100 my views on that will never change but um if you are just someone who you're like you know i sleep pretty good but i could do better you know it's like i eat pretty well yeah. but i probably could eat a little bit better um what i would prefer you to do is instead of removing it completely just set boundaries on it because you know, we're parents, I understand the beauty of those evening hours. So it always felt really and even people who aren't parents, you know, those evening hours, you're done work, you know, chores are done around the house, you finally have time for just you, you know, remember, there was a, a year or two ago, we were going through that bedtime procrastination was like the trending topic. Um, you know, those are those evening hours where you can finally do things for yourself. So I always felt really awful telling people like, don't watch TV, don't check social media, don't do this, don't because it's like, God, that's all I want to do. I just want to mindlessly yeah. scroll yeah, TikTok. Some people, so, that's how they unwind. Exactly. So, but we have to set boundaries around that. So this is me giving you permission to like watch an episode of a show that makes you feel light and airy and reduces stress. Just don't watch an entire season until two o'clock in the morning. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Or, you know, stay away from the news. Listen, news right now is so oh, no. triggering on all accounts. So maybe don't watch the headlines right before you go to bed. Don't check your yeah. work emails right before you go to bed. Stay away from the social me media accounts that make you feel like crap. But you know, enjoy the ones that make you feel good. You know, my like TikTok Alana's and mine, yeah, like Alana's <laughs> and mine. my TikTok um, algorithm is just all like thrifting hauls, because that's just what brings me joy. I just want to see what you bought at Value Village. I, I'm dogs. That, yeah, that's it. Right? Like, that's it. So know what makes you feel happy. But again, this isn't me giving you permission to scroll TikTok till two o'clock in the morning. You've got to set boundaries on that, but you don't need to get rid of it completely. Okay. If it yeah. brings you joy and happiness. Yeah. Stress management is huge. Like our stress levels right now are at an all time high. Um, and they have been for years, like for the, you know, the past three or four years, we're just like, yeah, okay, we could say, yeah. you know, we're back to normal and things like that. But there's right. huge repercussions off of what we all went through these past couple of years. Um, so if, if, you know, again, if a show like my show, my go to's are friends or the office. So, you know, if, if watching one episode that like that is going to alleviate um, some of my stress and some of my anxiety that I might be feeling, I'm going to watch an episode before I go to bed and feel okay about it. So, you know, Manage your stress levels. That's huge. And I'm glad you said stay away from the stuff that, yeah, that stresses you out, whether it's work emails, whether it's the news, whether it's maybe a show that's like not the best. Like, listen, I love, I'm all caught up now on Yellowstone, but I was watching it before bed and it was stressing me out. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like the fighting and the violence and stuff. And, and so I'm really happy that you made mention of that. Like, keep it light keep it, you know, happy. Curate. Yeah. Curate your news feed. Bed. Curate your, your, um, why can't I think of what it's called? Like curate all of it, y your, your social media and your real life. Like Absolutely. just bring in what brings you joy, you know, and get rid of all the other crap. What about our bedrooms, Elena? Bedrooms you know, are like, important. This is like, I spend so much time in yeah. my bedroom. Yeah. Um, and it's my safe haven and it is my, I love my bed. I work from my bed. When I wake up, I'll do a little bit of work in my bed. And it's just like, once I put the kids down, no word of a lie, I will get in bed and just like, that's when I start to unwind and relax. Yeah. So here's the thing. 
I'm going to tell you not to do that. So, okay. So listen, our bedroom <laughs> should really be our sleep sanctuary. And we really saw that, especially throughout the pandemic with more and more of us starting to work from home, continuing to work from home. Our bedroom became our home office, like you were saying, it did. Our, our home gym, our entertainment center. It's the room in which we were doing everything but sleeping. So we always want to really create a strong association between sleep and your bedroom. Like you want to walk into your bedroom and instantly feel that cue to sleep, right? Instantly feel that common relaxation. But if you're walking in and you're seeing your weights for weight training and you're seeing your computer and you know you got to work on that work project and you're seeing all these things, we're weakening that association between sleep and bed. So now we're spending, if we're spending too much time awake in bed, we should be sleeping 85% of the time that we're in bed. So if we're spending too much awake time in bed, that can actually be detrimental to our sleep health. So my suggestion is to try to, you know, punch, I always say punch the clock, like clear the clutter, like really set those boundaries around, um, you know, what you're, what you're doing in your bedroom, um, as opposed to like, could you do it in another space in your room? I know logistically or in your home, I know logistically, not everyone can do that. Sometimes your room has to be your home office. But then set boundaries on when you clock out, you know, put Times, clear yes. the clutter. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's work is done. Um, and now I'm really going to set it up for sleep. So really focusing on that sleep space is important. Yeah. I think that, um, you know what I mean? Our bedrooms, a lot of people overlook that part of what it's is in one of bedrooms. the most. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about like everything from like electronics in the bedroom. Like I refuse to have a TV in my, in my bedroom, but I do have a record player and I do have a radio, you know? Um, so those are my forms of, ent- and I have books. So I've yeah. got my entertainment there, but I refuse to have a TV. Um, and then I also look at it too, like just even my bedding. Like I think a lot of people overlook all these different elements that go into our bedroom to make it that like that sleep sanctuary to prepare yeah. us for a good night's sleep. Um, Let's talk so- about that because that could be, um, this is the time where you want to actually monitor what you're sleeping in too. Ooh, okay. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more right here on The Parenting Show, 640 Toronto. Listening to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 6:40 Toronto. It's Sunday night, and this is the Parenting Show right here on 6:40 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca, and we are dealing with the time change. And so I've got my good friend Alana McGinn, founder of Good Night Sleep Site, and the host of This Girl Love Sleep podcast. We've been talking about all kinds of different things. Uh, Alana, we spoke about like how many hours of sleep we need for the different age groups, how to help us adjust to this new time change. And then we started talking about bedrooms and I made mention of bedding and you're like, whoa, Pina, we got to talk about the bedrooms, what's in them, the bedding. Okay. So I'm just going to throw it over to you. I don't know where you're going to go with this, but I want to hear it. (laughs) So yeah, listen, every time we change a season, it's time to kind of take stock of what we're sleeping in and on. Right. So, you know, if we go down right to, to the first level is the mattress, you know, when's the last time you've audited your mattress? Like we really should be replacing our mattress every, I would say every eight to 10 years, depending on what kind of mattress that you have. 
Um, you know, it's, it's the most important piece of furniture that we own because we spend one third of our life sleeping. So we're spending the most time on that piece of furniture, but often we're changing couches and changing tables and we don't really think of it's some so people are still true. using, yeah, some people what? are still using their mattress from like college and university. Like you've <laughs> got to change up your mattress every now and then that alone can help you sleep better. But when we get into bedding, you know, now we're going into warmer, a warmer season. So do you need to, um, you know, you need more, if you're a night sweater, do you need more breathable fabrics? Do you need more wicking fabrics, more natural cottons, bamboos? I always say whether you sleep alone or whether you share a bed, your side of the bed should be customized to you, not to your partner. What I mean by that is obviously you have to have the same mattress, but you don't have to have the same pillow. You don't have to use the same blanket. You don't have to use the same sheets. Um, you know, whatever, if you're a hot sleeper, but your partner's is a warm sleeper, you guys can have separate um, bedding, you know, that suits more of your sleep needs. So this is the time of year, even like washing your comforter and your pillows, it takes 24 months or less for your pillow to double its weight in allergens. And I'm not going to tell you what is in oh, your I pillow. I don't want to know. I don't yeah, want to know. Yeah, it's gross. So if you are, especially if you're someone who suffers from asthma or allergies, you know, whenever there's a change of season, that's when you want to wash your comforter, you want to wash your pillow. Um, yeah, it's gross. If you can fold it, and it stays folded, wash it. No! <laughs> wash <laughs> it. Mine does not do that for the record. But <laughs> ew, gross. Yeah. So this oh. is the time to focus on what you're sleeping in and on for sure. Actually, okay, you made mention of pillows, you said mattress eight to 10 years, switch it up. What yeah. about our pillows? Like what? I don't even know. Like how often should we be changing our pillows? You know, they say every six months, but to me, that seems like that's a lot or that's not a lot, you know, like, you know, cause pillows, depending on what kind of pillow you buy, they can be pricey. So I say like, here's the thing. Your bed is something that you need to invest in and on. And I know that mattresses can be expensive. I know pillows can be expensive, but they're important. It's important to get great quality. Um, and ones that really suit your your sleep needs. Um, so, you know, I that's where I kind of spend my money is on my pillows. I really invest in really good pillows for myself. A lot of people say, yeah. Lana, what's the best pillow? What's the best, best mattress? I can't tell you that. I can't say Pina it's, uses pillows. You have to it's feel it so and see what works for you. Yeah, everyone has different positions they sleep in, different aches and pains and needs and all of these things. So, you know, test them out as much as you can. If you're just buying, you know, the cheapo pillows, then yeah, you probably need to replace them every six months. Um, but if you're investing in a good quality pillow and you take care of it, you're washing it, you're taking care of it, it can probably last you a little bit. Okay. Okay. So that's good to know. That's good to know. And for sheets, is that the same thing? It's just like a matter of preference? Like, because I'm in the market, I need, I need to buy sheets, new sheets for my bed. Um, yeah. You know, I'm very particular in the sense that like all my bedding is always white, yes. but I was just like, so I know I need white and I know I want white, but I'm now that I'm, I'm shopping for, for new sheets right now, is there anything specific I should be looking for? Or is it just like a matter of preference? Like I said. It's completely a matter of preference. Like there's different thread counts and materials and finishes. It's, it completely depends on you. You mentioned your age. So that's why I'm going to say it. I'm older Tell than me. you. So I can't say it. I'm 46. So we're, you know, we're entering a phase of life <laughs> I, me before you um, where, you know, what we sleep in is really important. And, you know, I tend to go more for the 
natural fibers, the more breathable, like don't stick me in a flannel blanket right now, like oh, even God, in the no, dead of God, winter, no. you know what I mean? So like, it, again, Never. but that's, that's what works for me. So um, that would be my recommendation for you is focusing on, you know, natural linens, cottons. Bamboo, yeah, I've always been like a fabrics. cotton, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know what, though? Should we be talking to our kids? And I, like, I've never thought now that you're saying this, it just it just popped into my head. Should I be talking to the kids and should us parents be talking to our children and asking them, like, how do you sleep at night? You know, are you cold? Are you warm? Like, it never occurred to me till right now as we're talking about, like, what we need as parents, as adults. Totally. Conversations about sleep are so important. And this is something that I talk to a lot about, like, starting as young as toddlers, my toddler parents is, you know, the very first step to help your child sleep better is, I mean, obviously not with babies, but once they're old enough to understand is start the communication about sleep. You know, we talk so easily and openly, which we should about eating healthy, treating others with kindness and all of these things. But we never talk about instead of just saying go to sleep is why do we need healthy sleep? You know, why does you know, why how does good sleep make you feel? How does good sleep make mom or dad feel? Um, you know, why is it so important? So that just starts such a healthy relationship between your child and sleep to have those conversations. Absolutely. And I love and well, sleep is one of the one of the pillars, right? Absolutely. It is along with nutrition, exercise and connection. I'm throwing connection in there too. That's such an important pillar. I like that. I like it. I love everything. Um, Alana, thank you so much for joining me on the show tonight. You rock. You're amazing. And you are a wealth of knowledge. I hope that those of you guys listening at home took away as much as I did because God knows. I was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, making note of that, making note of that, making note of that. (laughs) And if any of you guys tuned in late and want to listen back, you can do so on our podcast which is available everywhere that you like to enjoy your podcast. So be sure to do that. Elena, if anyone wants to find you, uh, where can they find you? They can find me at goodnightsleepsite.com. I am on Instagram at gnsleepsite, uh, Facebook, goodnightsleepsite. I'm everywhere. Everywhere. TikTok too. Oh, TikTok. Yes. I always forget about TikTok. I'm old. Alana.mcginn. <laughs> There you go. And guys, also, don't forget to check out this Girl Love Sleep podcast. Um, Lots of amazing info there. But that is it for us. And I wanted to wish you guys all a wonderful evening. So good night and sleep tight. This is The Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto. And I'm your host, Peanut Crispo of ChicMama.ca. (laughs) 